Mira stavo guardando svolto un passo spekidai. The pusik at revi says vai vi as amish kan moishe aloil well was called kailov. Ka krusov krusov brikhov midovadunov. So Rashi explains what was the Vayavi as Hamishkan. Now she says that that whoever was that was trying to set up the Mishkan had a problem. They couldn't they couldn't put it up. And because Moshe Rabbein didn't do any Melucha in the Mishkan, HaKadosh Baruch left it for him to put it up. Why? The Krushim was so heavy that nobody was able to put it up. There was no person that was strong enough to put up those, those Krushim. In Moshe Moshe was able to. So that was why they had to bring it to Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu himself was neither really able to. He said, So Hashem said, make believe you're doing it, and I'll take care of it. It's going to happen on its own. Interesting idea. Um, if you do what you could do, and, and the rest Hashem will take care of. But the Bar Basuda explains on this Rashi. He says it's very interesting. He, he, he says he doesn't know why. Nobody ever asked the question. The fact that Nobody was strong enough to put up those crucial. Okay, so what do you do if you can't put up a sikkah on your own? Right? You're building a sikkah, it's eight of sikkahs, and you can't put it up on your own. What do you do? You call my Rabbani, or you wait for Hashem to put it up for you, or you get help. So what's the big deal? If one person couldn't put up the crucial, now just think about it. How did they bring the crucial in the first place? They must have brought it a few people together. No? How did they get it there? So obviously, if one person can't put it up, you have other people putting it up. She says that it must be that the reason why they were getting stuck on the Krushim was because part of making the Krushim was the Bri HaTichon. The Bri HaTichon was Benes HaYo'omdin, right? The Bri HaTichon was something that was the pole that went through the middle of the Krushim all around all three walls. And there's no way to get a pole to bend and go around. It wasn't a rope, it was a pole. And that's why that anyway was something that needed Bidir HaKnes. And, and automatically they realized that they came to Rabbi's Krushim on their own. Which is an interesting idea. Because it seems that they got stuck on the weight, but really it seems they're getting stuck on something else. And I think that what this what this brings to mind is just the idea that anything we want to do, anything we want to accomplish, especially talking about a Mishkan, building a home, uh, anything that we want to do, needs uh, the Shema. We can't do anything on our own. We can't do anything on our own. Sometimes it looks like we can do certain things on our own until we get stuck. And when we get stuck, we feel like, okay, now now I can't do it on my own because I got stuck. If I wouldn't have gotten stuck, I would, I, I would, I would be just fine. And sometimes you get stuck somewhere and you feel like, you know what, let me come up with a way to do this. And you come up with another tactic, another method, another idea. Okay, I got by this one too. You're going to get stuck somewhere. If you don't acknowledge that you, that you have to come out to Hashem's help and you can't do it on your own, you're going to get stuck somewhere. When Kalei realized that the Krushma are too heavy for somebody to put up, instead of saying, you know what, let's get a bunch of people and then we'll do it. But then we're going to get stuck in the Brichatichen. So let's come up with a way to get the Brichatichen to go. It doesn't work like that. You're going to need Siat Dishmai. You always need Siat Dishmai. And this is something so important because aside from how relevant this is in every minute of our day and every, every second of our life, when it comes to raising children, when it comes to building a home, so often you see this, how people um, bump into certain challenges and encounter a challenge with one child or more than one child or in their own challenges that make it hard to now be good parents and, and be selfless and be able to raise children. And so often it looks like if not for this challenge, I would be doing just fine. If not for the fact that my child has this condition, if not for the fact that these children don't get along, if not for the fact that there's a certain uh, difficulty with one of my children, whatever it is, uh, th- then everything would be fine. It's not, it's not how it is. Everything always needed Hashem's help, and it's just now that you're realizing that, okay, if Hashem helps me get by this one, I'll be fine. If not, well, if not, not there's nothing I can do about that. And almost everyone will be able to tell you where, especially when it comes to raising a family, um, they encounter these kind of challenges where they realize 
they just come to realize that you just have to take out a tilim and ask Hashem to give you the sat the When you do that, of course Hashem doesn't want you to just sit in the couch with your feet up and say, okay, Hashem, take care of this. Even with the Kirushim, Hashem told Moshe Rabbani, do what you could, make believe at least that you're putting it up and, and I'll, I'll help you do it. And that's always what we should do. But it should never be without the understanding that without Hashem's help, uh, we can't get by the big challenges and the small challenges and even those that seem that they're not challenging at all. I'll add one more small thought and that is um, a vote from the Sosemus in the Lekitim, in the back of the Sosemus, on Pash Pekidai. He says that in Pash Pekidai, why do Moshe have to give an accounting for all the Nadovas of the Mishkan? He said, because Kali Yisrael was Choshev Moshe that he became rich of the Nadovas of Mishkan. Which means basically that he was collecting a lot of Zuhav cases and Choshev and maybe he became rich from that. So maybe some of it went to his pocket, some went to his bank account, some went some he's hiding. And things like that. So he says, obviously it's not possible to say that that's the push of shop that Kali Yisrael was suspecting that Moshe took the money. Even though there are those that explain that, yeah, you could be Choshev anyone for anything, I'm not going to go into it, but, but it seems that you can't be Pushup Shat. So he explains that, that Kali saw so Moshe Rabbani on his big Madraiga, and they were assuming, you know why he became so big Moshe Rabbani? Because he was appointed to take care of Kali Yisrael's building the Mishkan. Take care of building Hashem's home, take care of, of taking the Nudovus from Kali Yisrael and elevating it all to serve as a place for Shosh Hashkina. When somebody's in that position, it really does a lot for him. So the fact that Moshe Rabbani was in this Asher, it doesn't just mean that he had a lot of money, it means that he was that he was such a great person, it's because he was serving a great purpose that made him great. And Hashem wanted Kali to know, no, it's not what it is. He didn't become great all for you. The Mishkan, and counting with the Mishkan, showed that everybody had a, a Chaylik in the Mishkan, and everyone has their own Chaylik in the Shosh And the fact that Moshe Rabbani used his Chaylik better, he made more use of it, and was more connected to Hashem, and more uh, achieved more, that's because he did his, and it's not because of you. Uh, that's, that's the idea of Sosemus. But what, what it got me thinking, the beginning of the Sosemus was, Kali Yisrael wasn't being Choshed Moshe Rabbani for nothing. They weren't looking to be Choshed Moshe for doing something wrong, Chazashul. They understood that when somebody is appointed to a certain task or to a certain uh, whatever it is that he has to be in charge of and take care of, he's given the Koychus from Shemayim to do that. So it technically would have been possible that Moshe Rabbani was a regular person, just like everyone else. And because he was appointed to this great thing, that that's why he became so great. And Hashem wanted them to know, no, it's not that way. I chose Moshe Bani because he's special. He didn't become special because I chose him. But it's true. It is true. That idea is a true idea that when somebody's appointed to something, they get the koiches from Shemayim for it. And I think that's something that every parent has to know. That when you get, when you have children and you encounter challenges with your children and there are things that you feel, oh no, I can't do this. I'm not competent. I spoke about this last week about having a lot of children. Some people feel like, this is how much I can do. I can't do more than that. You couldn't do this either. It's not for the fact that Hashem gives you the koiches. Now, if Hashem gives you more to do, then He's going to give you more koiches to do. So whenever, whenever anyone bumps into a challenge that looks like it's something that they can't handle, they should know that the fact that they were given this challenge, that the fact that we were appointed um, you know, to take care of this, just means that they do have the koiches for it. And that was the basis of Klai Yisrael thinking. Maybe Moshe Rabbani also just became great because he was set up to take care of something like that. Okay, so with all that introduction, let me read a question. Relatively short question, but let's see if we can discuss something about it that will be helpful. Dear by Gruen, my daughter has two lechtige kinderlech, ages five and three. The three-year-old was born with hydrocephalus. Okay? That's a condition with liquid on, on the brain and causing difficulty. Baruch she's doing great. Okay. However, she needs and is getting a lot of therapy, which comes along with a lot of attention. That makes her older sister tough. The parents are doing a great job and are calm with her, but everything has its limits. Any tips that could be helpful would be appreciated. Okay, 
So, the first thing that I want to say, even though I, I, I did insert my own expression of Chaz Hashem as I was reading it, and that was natural, by the way, um, it wasn't prepared, but I just want to say it again. Chaz Hashem. You know, so often, a, a lot of different things that I read, a lot of questions I read, people tell me that just hearing the question is therapeutic. Either because we hear that somebody's struggling more than we are, and, all, and automatically, you know, we feel that, okay, so my situation is not so bad. Or we hear that a certain challenge is common, and that's why somebody else is writing about it, and it's being discussed. Okay, so it's at least nothing wrong with me. Or whatever it may be. Or hearing somebody else dealing with a challenge that you had and you overcame on your own makes you feel good that you were able to accomplish something. Sometimes hearing a question is therapeutic. But sometimes hearing questions should make us think. And for all those people out there who have children, who are gesund and stark, and have healthy and are born healthy and remain healthy and develop healthy, uh, when you hear that people struggle, not and say, okay, that person's struggling, not me. Not, not at all. The point is just we should remember not, not, to not take for granted the fact that children are born healthy and develop in, in a healthy way and grow healthy. It's something so important. I, th- I think I spoke about it recently. I don't remember when it was about a friend of mine who heard in the hospital somebody uh, taking for granted, so to speak, and saying, of course the baby's healthy. And this person had a child who wasn't born so healthy and knew to not take for granted. And I can tell you, just this past week when I was I had this question on my mind, knowing that I have to speak about it. And I myself, and one of them was not born so healthy, and there was you know, quite a, a period of time that we were in the hospital with a baby and, and surgeries and things like that. And you know, that's maybe why I'm more sensitive to this, uh, you know, to all the people out there who don't know what hydrocephalus is, and all the people who don't know what other conditions that, that so many babies are born with. Um, and this week I bumped into a friend acquaintance, acquaintance who also um, had a baby who was born with heart condition and it's already a few years and still struggling and actually wrote a book about it to share with people the experience and the, and the miracles and the mindsets um, gained from, from whatever it is that they were through and I mentioned to this friend you know I just got a question about somebody who has a baby that was born with a condition and so many people out there don't know what that means so, so many people out there don't know how to be thankful to Hashem for the, just the fact that a baby's breathing and eating and developing and growing in a healthy way. And not just the baby, but all children. So I think that th- just having the opportunity to talk about this and let people uh, appreciate what they have and appreciate that which Hashem gives them is already, is already so much. And, and it was just worth reading the question to have the opportunity to say that, yeah, very many children, and very many, it's not, it's not so unique, very many children are, bo- are born or develop later on all kinds of different problems. And when Hashem is good to you and you have healthy children, and Hashem is good to everyone, and everyone is, is only you know, benefiting from Chaz Hashem all the time, it's something to be grateful for. And when people are grateful and people are happy and people are appreciative to what they have, everything else becomes easier. And that's really why I'm talking about this. Because so many um, challenges when it comes to Chinech and other things are that not everything is the way I want. My child is not doing exactly what I want. He's not eating exactly the way I want him to. He's not sitting by the table the way I want him to. He's not learning the way I want him to. And I forget to be thankful for the fact that he's a healthy child and he's growing and he's, and he's happy and he's settled and, and so many other things that there are and, and that's how it is with us we notice the things that aren't and things that we want to improve but it's just something to always emphasize again and again so Baruch Hashem Chaz Hashem that this child is doing great and Chaz Hashem for all those who have wonderful and healthy children Hashem should help all those that are not healthy become healthy and all those that are healthy remain healthy and all those that have healthy children be grateful for it Okay, now let me pick up on something which I, I could be totally off over here. 
Okay, and, and my apologies to whoever wrote this question. Like I, like I always say, I don't know who this is, and I don't know anything more than I read. So let me just take the opportunity to po- point out something else, which is maybe totally off-topic. Let me let me just start with my disclaimer. It's very possible, okay, we're talking about a, a Baba or a Zayda that wrote this question, right? Either grandmother, grandfather, my daughter has Kindlech. Okay, so it's very possible that this daughter of yours um, actually asked you to write me this email, possible. It's possible that the daughter turns to you for tips and, and, and you just simply don't have the helpful tips and that's why you're asking me for them so that you could now help your daughter with what she asked you for. That's, that's very possible. If that's the case, beautiful. And, and I'm, I'm happy to try to give a few ideas. Uh, sometimes it's not the way it is. So whether it is or not in this case, but sometimes for all those listening, it's not that way. Sometimes there are grandparents who are um, looking for advice for married children who have children of their own. And it's not a question to me that they all mean well. And I mean it when I say that. They, um, it's not a question to me that they have good intentions just trying to help their children, um, especially the ones that are struggling, especially when there's a condition, a medical issue, or whatever it is in the family. And, and it's, it's, it's the most selfless and, and loyal and dedicated thing that grandparents could do, try to help parents. I just want to point out, for those who have to hear it, that sometimes this could be taken wrong. Sometimes it could be taken wrong. Sometimes you have a parents um, that are presenting their interest in helping along with their good advice and along with whatever parenting tips they have up their sleeve in a way that's being taken wrong. Now, often they'll be hurt by the fact that it's being taken wrong, not even knowing why. It doesn't matter why. Sometimes it's being taken wrong because it's coming across with a certain implication that, you know, you're not doing a good job, I'll give you the tips, you don't know what you're doing. Sometimes it's coming across with the impression that whatever you're doing is no good, and I'm watching, and I'm being critical of it. Sometimes. Again, maybe not here at all. I'm just mentioning this because it's something to think about. Sometimes the fact that you're dealing with a child, sometimes the fact that your child is dealing with a medical condition just makes their stress level um, go up and the tolerance level go down, and it's something to be even more considerate about. I've seen so many grandparents who try to help children with with their own struggling children, whether it's in, whether it's learning or Yiddishkeit or medical or whatever it is or mental issues, and the parents have enough on their plate. They don't want to deal with the fact that the the grandmother's making phone calls, hearing what's doing, and the grandfather's giving advice, and this one's giving uh, feedback, and this one's saying, you know, the people in shul are saying that, and I think you should be doing this. A, a lot of this is very, um, um, you know, is just something to think about. I've had quite a few people who listened to my shiram and heard these things from me in the past, and they, when they marry off a child here and there, they tell me, you know, I'm asking you to do me a favor, just keep on reminding me, if you ever notice that I talk to you about my married children, keep remind me that it's not my um, job to control or to help them parent or to help them work out their shambayas, etc., etc. As a matter of fact, it's a shame, it's a shame when parents, young parents of young children, are not going to do something because the grandparents suggested it. And I've seen that. Maybe I would consider sending my son to that yeshiva, but my, my father keeps on telling me to do it, and he keep, doesn't stop asking me. I decided, no, I'm not doing it. So here you have a parent who's not doing something that could have been helpful for a child, but won't do it because it was being pushed down his throat and coming with a certain amount of pressure and, and building a resistance. Something that was good. So this is just you know, something that, I, that I, I just felt the need to point out because the question is coming from a grandparent. So again... If your relationship with your children is different than what I'm describing now, or if your child actually asked you for help or asked you to get asked me for help, that, that's the best thing in the world. And as a matter of fact, even if not, grandparents always have what to offer. Always. There are those that, that have the attitude of, you know what, I'm not going to tell you what to do, you don't take it from me anyway, let's talk about the weather, and I have nothing to do with you. Why not? 
Why not? Grandparents can be so helpful on the terms of their children. Now again, it's not because parents have to mechabit children. It's not because it's 2022. It's because that's what works sometimes. So if you could offer help without imposing, and you can ask your children, is there any way I can help you? Only if you want. And if not, no problem. You can call me whenever you want. And you offer it in a genuine way, and you, and you offer to do it the way they want, instead of the way you want. You know, a lot of that is, is, is very helpful. As a matter of fact, just back to this situation over here, where one child, let's say, needs a lot of attention, a lot of therapy, and the other one is getting jealous, that's where often grandparents could, could help out. Because now you have, let's say, a set of parents that are taking care of one child, and the other one mm, is being left behind by a neighbor. And they have grandparents that could come and, and simultaneously um, accomplish two things at once. So that's, that's, it, there's so much that grandparents could do. It's just very important to point out that it should be done the right way. Um, another thing which, even without help at all, even those who are being rejected, and we don't need your help, we don't need your advice, we don't want you to figure, you know, tell us what to do. Chizik, and a compliment, and telling your children how well they're parenting, and what good parents they are, and how well behaved their children are, that's something that I think everybody um, could use, uh, not to feel judged by their parents, to feel encouraged and supported by their parents. And even if you see your children making a lot of big mistakes, it probably won't help you to point them out to them. And I think giving them encouragement on the parts that they are doing well, or even making believe that you think that in general they're doing well, it's never going to work against you. It's probably not going to be promoting anything too bad. So, you know, you have to be so afraid of that either. So with all that said, let me get back to the question that was asked. The question is, what do we do with a child who is uh, struggling with a medical issue, and now siblings are feeling threatened or jealous or whatever it is? The first thing that you want to remember, now I guess technically I'm talking now to the parents and not to the grandparents anymore, um, but the first thing you want to remember is that this is normal. I'm not saying it's normal just to comfort you that what you're dealing with is normal. I mean to say it's normal and it's important for you to know that when hearing your child complain. It's very normal for a sibling to not be so sensitive to the struggle of a sibling and not understand, you know, oh, that, that one needs therapy, that one needs this, or maybe we should really... It's very normal. For two reasons it's normal. One reason is because the children, the siblings, are children. So as much as any adult would understand, oh, this child is very sensitive, going through a lot of trauma, or whatever, and difficulties... Children don't, don't understand that. Children are more emotional than logical and they, and they only understand what's age-appropriate and they don't get it. It's important, just, it's important to understand that. Number two, this is where it comes parents versus children. Parents have that soft spot for children. Parents care about a child that's struggling. They get overtaken by a child that, that's having a difficulty, whether it's small or big. Right? Parents themselves are sometimes just clapped and subrachim by a certain, you know, they're the, not the best spirits themselves, and automatically makes them softer and even more sensitive to the needs of a child. All this is something that the other children, the siblings, don't have. They don't have that feeling for a sibling like parents do. They're not taking it so personal like parents do. They don't understand, you know, the, the implications and all that. So their position and their age just make it very different. And I think it's important for parents to realize when you hear a sibling complain, again she's going on a trip, again she's getting this privilege, instead of getting upset at them, it's like, why, do you, why don't you understand? Why can't you be more sensitive? They can't understand, and it's important for you to understand them as well. And that brings me to my next point, which is that as much as, of course, the child that has a medical issue or whatever other condition it is, whether it's mental health or anything, um, is really the one that's more Rahmunas. But the sibling who's feeling threatened or challenged or jealous is also somewhat of a Rahmunas. I'm not saying that, that it's the same. I'm not saying that you could avert your attention now to this one, but, but it's important to understand. The same way you make place in your heart for a child who's taking up so much of your time, whether it's a baby's needs or it's a, or it's a health issue that's taking up so much of your, your time, but you're making place for it because you understand it, I, I, think it's understand, I think it's important to understand the sibling as well. As a matter of fact, a lot of the, a lot of the organizations that do um, take care of such 
um, situations of, of, of children with medical issues and things like that. Take care of the siblings too for a reason. Right? There's a reason why High Lifeline and a lot of other these organizations um, make make uh, outings and weekends or whatever it is, um, a getaways for, for siblings as well. Because they know that it, causes, it puts a strain on the whole family. You have to understand that aside from the siblings, I know we're here only talking about one sibling maybe, but in general, aside from the siblings being jealous um, um, of a sibling, they're also dealing with stressed out parents. So as much as you could handle your own stresses and swallow your own difficulties to care for a child, which I understand that, um, is normal, but, but the other child is now dealing, aside from with the jealousy, also with a parent who's stressed out, which is also normal. I think all this is very, um, is very important for parents just to understand and be more sensitive about. And sometimes, just being more aware of that and being more understanding of it, and a child sees that you really do understand that, yes, I understand you, Shefula, I understand that it bothers you when your sister's getting so much attention and the one day will take care of you. Just, just knowing how to listen and, and validate will already probably make things a lot easier. That's, that's, that's important. Now, on a practical level, if there's anything that I could offer, any tips that are more practical than just all the psychology stuff that I just offered till here, I think that it's important to have these siblings treated well as well, which means just if you understand that this child might need some extra gifts and prizes and quality time, I think for the same reason, maybe not on the same level, but for the same reason, the sibling needs it as well, for all the reasons we just explained. And sometimes it has to be one-on-one, in other words, I do understand that sometimes the child that has a medical issue needs to be treated um, special and separately on their own to feel better about themselves. And sometimes this one needs it on their own. Sometimes we can do a mommy and a tati thing. Or like I said before, sometimes a parents and a grandparents thing. But it's, it's very important to know that they both need it. When I talk sometimes in my clinic class about sensitive children, I talk about how these children need some special care and special treatment. And I often mention when I talk to malamdom or teachers or anyone in the classroom, it's very hard in the classroom of 30 to point out certain kids that need more attention. It's true. But sometimes just knowing that they need it more will give you the opportunity to give it to them before or after class, when it's one-on-one, when nobody's noticing. In other words, I understand that in general it's hard to pick and choose, but one-on-one there's so much you could do. I think over here as well, there's so much you could do one-on-one, both with a child who needs the special attention, whether it's on the way to therapy or from therapy, or before or after therapy, and things like that. And the other child who's getting it on, on their terms, and like I said before, if you have grandparents who are willing to help out and, and another um, pair of hands, another set of hands that, 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 could, that could help giving simultaneous attention to different children in their own way, I think that's, that's very important. Number two, just another idea which I think could be helpful sometimes, is involving the siblings. Which means sometimes with this, this um, daughter or son or the one that has an issue, it's like me and him and him and me and we talk and we know and we go and we come and there's so much that, that basically excludes the other children, which is not always great. Now, I know you can't always talk about um, medical stuff in public and sometimes there are things that are more private and things like that. But sometimes you could, there are certain parts that you could discuss and make, people feel, make the other children feel more involved. That's one thing. Sometimes you could actually have you know, the phrase in Yiddish, for the shimer. You take the robber, you lock him up, you make him the one to watch the prison, and now he won't go anywhere. You know, so sometimes you can have the other children making nice signs for the one who's struggling, and they feel like they're part of it, so this is involving them instead of excluding them. Just another idea. Sometimes it's davening for a child who has a medical issue, which I understand over here, maybe not, that's not the issue right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying a capital tell him, and davening because today there's an appointment, and they're giving them all the credit for all the progress, all the all the improvement and all the health um, and, and progress that this child is doing, it makes them feel part of it as opposed to being threatened by it. Celebrating together every time that there's a good um, um, update from a doctor, 
Or every time things go well, or every time whatever, whatever it is that you want to celebrate, to do it all together, and we're all celebrating, and we could all decide what kind of party we want to have, and we could all decide where we want to go because of it, and things like that. I think that um, including and involving other children is, is definitely, it takes away some of the challenge when they feel threatened by it. So aside from treating them well on their own and being understanding of them, I think having them be more involved is important. And, and one more thing that I do want to say, which is not just the validation, it's actually the complementing their understanding of what's going on. As much as we can't expect children to really understand things on their own, but a compliment and a good word, everyone understands. A smile, everyone understands. A good feeling, everyone understands. So t- telling a child that, I know it's hard and I'm so impressed by the fact that you forgive your sister, instead of, instead of demanding it of a child and saying, why don't you forgive? Now I'm impressed that you do and I see that you understand and, and it means so much to me, it makes it so much easier for me and Tati or for me and Mommy um, when we know that you really are being nice to your sibling and things like that being considerate and understanding of the situation, especially when it comes to a child. Now, I know maybe the ages are not yet appropriate for I'm just saying that sometimes telling a child that they're doing a great job and complimenting them for doing something that they may not even be doing yet um, will already make it easier for them to do, um, to do better going forward. So I hope McNibish herself that a healthy involvement of grandparents and uh, uh, a thankfulness and a, a gratefulness to Hashem for all the good that we do have and all the progress that we're making, you know, will definitely be the good uh, introduction to figuring out how to make every child happy, how to make them feel part of whatever struggle may be going on instead of challenged by it. I mean, Ibish herself, with the right kaidim, the right satishmaya, the right tefillah, um, definitely see see atzluch and see Even in these challenging situations, which like we started off with, um, without Hashem's help, we can't take care of anyway. And, and, and no situation could be done anyway. So when, when there's a child struggling and we just realize, oh, this is a bump in the road that I can't do without Hashem's help. Now I'm realizing it. But the fact that Hashem gave it to me means Hashem will give me the koiches for it. You know, with that amount of siyat d'shmaya, tefillah, and minah betuchin, I have myself overcome every challenge as he nachas from all our children.